I'm David LeCompte with David LeCompte Farms in Santa Fe, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Biden administration is taking on the issue of concentration in the meatpacking business. The president held a news conference on Monday to talk about what can be done to improve competition in meatpacking. We'll have more on that to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Transpecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's a tough time for farmers trying to figure out how to afford all the inputs they need. The situation could come down to choosing which inputs they can do without this year. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Producers of horticultural crops are being impacted by high fertilizer costs. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll take a look at some of those crops on this edition of Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan from Marshall. We're going to talk a little bit about low water, better hay than we thought here in East Texas as we enter 2022. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Biden administration is stepping up its efforts to crack down on the big four meat packers. In a news conference yesterday, Biden said his administration will work to encourage more competition in the meatpacking industry. Capitalism without competition isn't capitalism. It's exploitation. That's what we're seeing in meat and poultry and those industries now. Small, independent farmers and ranchers are being driven out of business, sometimes businesses that have been around for generations. Biden says the administration is pursuing a four-part plan, which would invest in new meat processors, strengthen and enforce the Packers and Stockyards Act, encourage farmers to report illegal practices, and bring greater price transparency. Registration is now open for the upcoming Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association Convention. Registration is now open for the 2022 Cattle Raisers Convention and Expo, slated for March 25th through the 27th at the Fort Worth Convention Center. This year's event will include 30 hours of interactive educational sessions, a trade show with more than 250 exhibits, a cattle facts market outlook, youth contests, a dinner and dance featuring Jake Hooker and the Outsiders, and the annual TSCRA membership meeting. Former President George W. Bush will deliver the keynote address. You can register online at cattleraisersconvention.com. That is cattleraisersconvention.com. 
Again, the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association Annual Convention and Expo will be March 25th through 27th in Fort Worth. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. One big legislative accomplishment praised by most U.S. agriculture groups in 2021 was the passage of the Infrastructure Bill. Will Stafford is the Washington representative for CHS. He says the bill will bring some much-needed funding to rural infrastructure in the coming year. We were certainly happy to see it finally get signed. Um, Just the overall infrastructure funding that's involved in that for roads, bridges, ports, dams, we think is uh, long overdue and will certainly be a good thing uh, for the agriculture industry. Um, We were also happy to see funding for rural broadband in there. Um, Our farmer owners need to be connected in the 21st century, so that was something we were happy about. Um, You know, it's never a perfect bill. We were we uh, were hoping to see some money in there for biofuels infrastructure, which unfortunately didn't make it in. But overall, we were pleased to see it get passed and signed into law. Stafford says he expects Congress to start the process of a new farm bill in the first quarter of 2022. The rising cost of inputs is putting a squeeze on Texas High Plains farmers. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. As we talked about yesterday, commodity prices in 2021 were strong enough to give area farmers a pretty good chance of making profits. But with the huge jumps in the cost of things like fertilizer and chemicals, Texas A&M AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez says finishing in the black will be tougher this year. Even though crop prices are still what I would consider pretty good, especially when you look at where we were a year and a half, two years ago, we're probably going to see some pressure on profits because of that increase in input values. And that's if you can find the inputs that you need. Uh, You know, there are widespread stories of people not having access to the chemical that they're looking for. Dr. Benavidez says in terms of looking for marketing type solutions, unfortunately, hedging tools like futures and options generally are just not available for inputs, with the possible exception of contracting fuel to lock in prices. In some cases, Dr. Benavidez says farmers simply might have to pick which inputs are going to do them the most good. You know, if I've got a dollar and I can spend it on irrigation or on fertilizer or on pest control or weed control, I need to use that dollar on whatever's going to return the most yield. And so if, you know, every pound of nitrogen applied correlates to one more bushel of corn, but every dollar of irrigation returns a bushel and a half of corn, then you would want to use that dollar on irrigation rather than on nitrogen application. Dr. Benavidez invites producers to call AgriLife to discuss input strategies, and he will be giving a presentation on the subject via Zoom on January 24th. Call AgriLife to find out how to participate in that online event. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. High fertilizer costs are affecting all segments of agriculture, including horticulture. Tom Nicoletti talks with a San Angelo horticulturalist about the issue. My guest today is John Begno, horticulturist in San Angelo. And John, uh, as uh, we start the new year, uh, fertilizer costs are still uh, very, very high for agricultural producers uh, as they were in 2021, farmers, uh, ranchers, and of course, those who uh, grow horticultural crops. Let's talk about those that are uh, impacted the most, let's say uh, turf grass, for instance. 
and that's very important. Nitrogen is, is the least abundant element that is in the fertilizer realm that plants require of the 16 essential elements. And, and the price is driven, as you know, a lot by natural gas prices. And turf grass has become a pretty big industry in Texas and in most areas Nitrogen is the reason that you can get two, three, four cuttings off of a field is because you can push that grass really fast with nitrogen applications. So that's going to have a direct effect on the the price that these guys may have to charge or the fact that they may even skip some nitrogen and have to give up a cutting. Uh, It's not just turf grass. We have a lot of other horticultural crops that depend on nitrogen to first make a yield and second to make an abundance. And another one of those crops is pecans. Oh, yes. Pecans require nitrogen. It is the number one input as far as fertilizers grow all across the pecan belt. The export market is what has driven the price in 2021 so good. I mean, it's driven it up to to pre-pandemic levels. But you're always at the mercy of the market as to whether or not your inputs were a good choice or not. That is San Angelo horticulturist John Begnaud. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 2022 is getting off to a good start in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. 2022 is right here with us, and boy, as we look at all of this, it just couldn't get any worse than what 2021 was, I don't think. So we're looking for the bright side of things. Last year, as I said, we started out talking on high water. This year, We are getting a little moisture right now. We've had a good week to end the year and trying to get the year started just right on that. So I'm sure that our producers are in a little bit better mood to see their winter pastures really growing right now. The calf prices have been a little better. We still need to have a little bit of a bump in the slaughter animal prices. I'm talking about old cows and your bulls. That money we can use to reinvest into fertilizer, which the fertilizer prices are high. I've talked to one of our producers here in East Texas that has farms in different parts of the country, West Texas, Kansas, even up in Arkansas, and they're facing various problems, but some are the same. Always moisture is critical in all of farming. That determines whether we have good crops or bad crops. And, of course, weather in general always hits us. You can't predict when it's going to come or can't say that, but you know when the high winds and the tornadoes come, it does devastation to farms and ranches, particularly in the cotton and wheat-producing areas. Right now in East Texas, though, we're, we're just glad to be here. We're happy that we're getting the moisture we're getting. We'd like to see the calf prices increase a little, and I'm sure some of the business meetings that we have coming up here in the next few weeks will be advantageous for a producer to sharpen his pencil and use some advice from the Extension Service and other economists to make 2022 a far better year than was 2021. We look at it that way, and as for always, in all farmers' minds, we are ever the optimistic, and we're looking for it right now. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. Does cold weather have a worse effect on calves born in January or March? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at that question coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Does cold weather have a worse effect on calves born in January or March? Dr. Bob Judd says researchers at Oklahoma State took a look at that question. The researchers suspected that calving in the cold winter weather or January in Oklahoma may lead to more veterinary costs, higher death loss, and increased feed costs. However, the survey indicated that despite having really cold winters recently, 62% of the producers disagreed that they see frozen ears, tails, and legs on the cattle. Also, veterinarians that work with over a 1,000 cattle saw less than 2% of the cattle with frost damage. Only 13% of the producers strongly agree that frostbite on ears, tails, and legs are a problem. Although 56% of the producers expected to be docked at the sale for freeze-damaged ears, tails, and legs, most producers felt it was less a problem than expected. The survey indicated that calving in mid-March resulted in the highest returns per head, and most producers calved in March. Some producers chose their calving dates due to grazing management, and some due to marketing strategy. However, 34% chose calving dates when it was more convenient for them and their other jobs, and some set up calving when they would have someone to help them on the farm. In summary, the survey found that despite the 6 o'clock news promoting severe weather damage to calves, the effect on winter weather was less of a problem than expected. However, calving in March was more profitable in most cases. Also, although the effect on cold weather on calves may not be as serious as was suspected, it is a lot more comfortable on the producer to be monitoring calving in the spring than during the coldest time of the year. If you have any questions about today's program or any of our programs, contact me at TexVet at TXFB.org. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a lawsuit coming over a small wild cat in South Texas. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Center for Biological Diversity reportedly intends to file a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security and Customs and Border Patrol for failing to protect endangered ocelots in deep south Texas. The center alleges in a notice of intent that CBP and DHS failed to consult with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to ensure the 13.4-mile levee project in the Rio Grande Valley does not jeopardize the existence of ocelots, which are protected by the Endangered Species Act. Under the ESA, Governmental agencies must obtain a list of endangered or threatened species or those proposed for listing and critical habitat from U.S. Fish and Wildlife before a project may begin. If a habitat or a species protected by the ESA is in the area where work is proposed, the agency is then supposed to prepare a biological assessment to determine what, if any, impact the work will have on the species or the critical habitat. The levee project in question will reportedly use some funding appropriated for the border wall to repair the flood barrier system along the Rio Grande. 
The center says the levees are identical to border levee walls, but are shorter. They say the levees are being built without any environmental review or attempt to avoid harm to ocelots or other wildlife in the area. The levee walls in the project will reportedly go through the lower Rio Grande Valley National Wildlife Refuge and private property in Hidalgo County. Paulo Lopez, an attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity, says the border wall project will turn wildlife habitat into an industrial zone without any community input. There are fewer than 60 ocelots in the wild in the United States. All are located in South Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmore. We saw a big run-up in the corn market on Tuesday, and that caused a big drop in the cattle market. We'll take a look at all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a big run-up in the corn market on Tuesday. That caused a big drop in the cattle market, both live and feeder cattle, heading lower on Tuesday. We closed with February live cattle down $1.10, 137.82. The April down $1.52, 142.67. June live cattle dropped $1.10 to close at 137.65. Bigger drop in the feeder market, January feeder cattle down $3.57, closing at $162.67. March feeders down 317, 166.35. The April feeder contract down 270 to close at 169.77. Cash fed cattle market all quiet. No bids or asking prices to report on Tuesday, so we're still waiting on some activity to develop for the week. Boxed beef prices were higher on Tuesday. Choice up $1.63, 267.66. Select up 68 cents at 259.58. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My friend Jody Fry and Benny Cox operate producers in Cargill, San Angelo. I'm on the line with Jody. Jody, what's the weather have been like out there? It's pretty nice now. It's 40-something degrees. Of course, it's cold this morning. going to be cold tomorrow morning. Uh, may affect the number of sheep and goat coming in for Tuesday sale. 
Good. What do you think you'll have uh, if, if the weather is in the way? I think we'll start off pretty light. Uh, like we was talking, Larry, I think these Monday and Tuesday sales uh, kind of made a bad draw on where the holiday fell, but uh, it'll rotate in their favor in the years to come. But phone calls been pretty slow. Did have one boy call in from uh, the Brady area, said he sure needed to move some lambs. I said he watched his ewes on the wheat field, and they was picking up by the roots some of those small grains. So any of those lambs weighing over about 50 or 60 pounds, he was going to bring them to town. Cattle-wise, later in the week, what do you say? Just had a phone call this evening of a boy needed to move some cows. going to be about 40 of them. Uh, there's going to be some five-year-old red cows, uh, some black baldy cows. Some of them will be bred. Uh, some of them will be pears. Uh, the rest of them just be kind of solid mouth to short solid mouth cows. But the weather's supposed to be pretty nice. So I think we'll start out fairly slow this first week. But I think everybody will be real busy that second and third week in January. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody. You bet. We'll be back there at the office tomorrow morning at 325-653-3371. Or my mobile phone would be 234-7895. Neighbor, as I look at the forecast statewide, the only thing we're going to have to get in the way of getting livestock bought is the weather. And temperatures like we've seen so far is no hill for a climber. I'm Larry Marble. You've been listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Happy New Year to you, if I haven't told you already. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Same farm time, same farm channel right here on a Texas Farm Bureau radio station. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed mixed. Nearby February hogs down 97 at 80.15. April up 35, $87 even. Class 3 milk was higher. January milk up 58 cents, 2061, 100 weight. The cotton market sharply higher on the nearby contracts. We hit some contract highs in Tuesday's trade. Both the old crop and the new crop December hitting a life of contract high as well. Concerns over inflation helping to support the cotton market on Tuesday. March cotton up 316 points, 116.39. The May up 274, 113.65. While that new crop December was up 107 points, 94.02. A big run-up in the corn market on Tuesday. Traders seem to be focused on the South American weather forecast. On Monday, we saw the corn market drop because they were getting rain in South America. However, Tuesday saw just the opposite. Forecast coming out showing a dry stretch of weather coming up. That in turn supported the corn market with March corn up 20 and a quarter. Back above $6 now, 609 and a half on the March. September new crop corn up 10 cents at 572 a bushel. Dry weather concerns across the southern plains continue to keep a floor in the wheat market. July Kansas City wheat up 12 and a half, 801 and a half. July Chicago wheat up 11 and a quarter, 766 and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas down 7, 374. February crude oil up 95 cents. 7703 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 214 points, 36,799. The Nasdaq down 210 at 15,622. The S&P down 3, 4,793. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.